kamali'i ike ole ika helu po. Muku nei, muku kamalama hilo nei, kau kahuaka. Aloha e na makamaka aloha pa'amau i ka ho'olahe mai ya kaleo kauluau. Nona ke ala e halihali ia nei i oula. E kilohia e kakou i luna la i kalani o iai i leila no kakakou kumohana o ke iela. Aloha to everyone listening as we continue our journey on Kaleo Kauluau, learning about practices and traditions on Hawaii Island today. Lei just shared a well-known Hawaiian saying that comes from a children's song listing the Hawaiian moon phases. Specifically, it teases children who don't know the moon phases since this knowledge was and is such an integral part of life on the islands, whether used for farming and fishing, land management, or astronomical observation. And a hand game has been added to this mele, and that's the way that many of us, including ourselves, have memorized the Hawaiian moon phases today. Welcome to Kaleo Kaulua. Aloha, Andrew. Would you do the honor of introducing our next meakipa? Of course, it'd be my pleasure. Dr. Kalei Uhiva is a native Hawaiian from the island of Maui. She's a progressive pioneer with 30 years of experience in conducting research in various Hawaiian practices of timekeeping, lunar calendars, heiau ritual ceremonies, and epistemologies that are connected to phenology, strategic resource management, and social well-being. Her expertise is Papahuli Lani, the study of celestial cycles and atmospheric phenomenon. And she uses art, photography, chanting, and Hawaiian epistemologies to effectively incorporate and bridge Hawaiian practices in st- into strategic plans, organizational missions, and core community values that successfully drive Hawaii organizations. A critical thinker, recognized kilo practitioner, academic, philanthropist, and advocate of ad- access to traditional knowledge, Kalei uses traditional methods to create and enrich healthy environments and situations where people can thrive. Wow. Mahalo, Drew. With that, let's go over to Kalei now. Aloha, Kalei. It is so awesome Aloha. to see you again. We're, we are so happy and privileged to have you here to share with us and our listening audience a little bit about Kaulana Mahina. Um, and we know that our listeners are going to come away positively transformed Yay. by what you're willing to share. And I just, I just want to add personally that you've been one of the most important teachers for me related to those things of the skies. Um, the sun, the moon, the stars, um, it, you've, you've had a profound influence on me as an educator and in my, in my life as a person who observes the environment. Oh. And every day I consult my Prince Kuhio <laughs> <laughs> Civic Club right, Hawaiian on. Moon Calendar and I think of you and I've loved the experiences at um, Aimalama and our Papakumakavalu workshops where we've delved deeply into chants, into the texts to uncover what I might call environmental data that tells us how to live and, mm-hmm. and look into the future. And um, I just find all of this so inspiring. So mahalo nui for being with us. It's Thanks, a pleasure. Drew. So I'm, I'm honored and flattered. Thank you. <laughs> Always good to see you. Aloha kalei, mahalo nui for joining us. And although I've had opportunities to learn from you over the years here and there, there's still so much more to explore. And like Drew mentioned, uh, one of the things that you've encouraged people to do, including myself, is to incorporate chants or pule into our daily lives. And many of those pule incorporate the principles of kilo and kaulana mahina, which is what we'll learn more about today. Okay, aloha. Nice to see you too. I'm flattered that um, 
you said that, so thank you. Um, mahalo both of you, or all three of you, for inviting me here today and, um, and for giving me this opportunity to share about um, something that I'm very passionate about, I think. So, um, yeah, this is a very kind of existential experience right now. I'm looking at you, I'm talking to you, but it's kind of like we're still oop, talking to the walls, right? Mm -hmm. I usually have a PowerPoint presentation that keeps me on task. So um, I don't right now, so I'm using my mind and my brain and my memory. So I see a lot of things on the walls uh, in terms of pictures and things that'll help me to sort of stay on task. Uh, but anyway, I'm so happy to be here and thank you so much for inviting me here today. Um, I know we've been trying to get here and trying to find a good date to be here to talk story. So I'm happy uh, things align today for us. And um, yeah, I, um, I, I guess I really don't know where to start aside from um, maybe going back to how it all happened for me and um, which is, most people go, oh, did you work, did you grow up with the, you know, learning about the moon calendar? Did people talk about it when you were a kid? And I have to say, no, not at all. Um, I I grew up in a fisher family, fisherman family. Mm -hmm. My dad was a fisherman and, and a weaver too, as well, uh, along with all of the uncles that were there and the aunties that were there, that kind of thing. And so we ate fish every day. Did they follow the Kaulana Mahina? Probably not. I don't know. I don't recall them talking about that. Did they know tides, tide changes? Yes, they did. My dad was a beach boy, so he understood the ocean. He was a waterman. Um, we ate fish every day except Wednesdays, which was his payday, and that's when we had steak and ice cream. <laughs> but other than that... And people have heard this story before, but I mean, that's really what our life was really about. So when people ask me if I grew up in a, in a, um, you know, uh, Olelo Hawaii home or a house that was, you know, full of Hawaiian culture, I was like, I don't know, we just grew up, you know, we didn't know any other mm -hmm. way. Um, so yeah, it wasn't until I was way into my uh, adulthood, after I had my two children, uh, my sister and brother, uh, coincidentally, were going to... Um, Maui Community College at that time and um, they were attending Hawaiian language classes and the teacher that was there at that time was um, now Dr. Pualani Kanaka Ole Kanahele. She used to uh, teach at uh, Maui Community College and many of her students, um, uh, you know, learned how to speak Hawaiian and all that kind of thing and they would come to my parents' house in the evening and um, there was a Hawaiian um, club that my sister and brother were involved with. And so they would come, uh, Auntie Pua and Kekuhi would come to our house, my parents' house, and they would make lao laos or they would come and sing songs or they would talk story. And um, I remember my sister and brother speaking Hawaiian at the table one time and my dad responded, right? And so that was like, whoa, we, none of us mm -hmm. knew he understood Hawaiian and that kind of thing. So that was kind of a big wow for um you know and i i marked that time because it's kind of a milepost in my life and so it's like oh well that's interesting um maybe i should pay attention to this olelo hawaii thing and they were getting involved with kaho olave because of antipua they were uh doing all kinds of wahipana visits around maui and sometimes they came to hawaii island too and they would do some camping things and every now and again, they'd invite me, and I wouldn't go because I had kids. But anyway, um, but around that same time, 
is when um, Maui decided to have the um, Punanaleo start. Mm. And this is another milepost for me because this is when you saw the babies speaking Hawaiian. You know, people weren't teachers. They just could speak Hawaiian and they were there. And um, I, I made up my mind at that time, exactly at that moment, that I am going to send my children to Punanaleo and, and Kulakaya Puni, which is kind of simultaneously happening to, happening to on Maui. And because of that, I'm going to go back to learn the Hawaiian language too as well. And so that's what I did. And um, so uh, how does that relate to the Kalana Mahina? Um, it just uh, happened that um, we used to go and interview Kupuna. I don't know, that was like a big thing that we used to do back then. There were still a lot of language speakers, Manaleo, um, on Maui and very active. And so I just got swept up in that movement of these Olelo Hawaii teachers and met a lot of kupuna along the way and um, wanted to increase my my um, fluency in Hawaiian. And um, so uh, one day, my sister invited me to Kaho'olawe and to go on the weekend. And I was like, great. And on the boat, there was uh, Uncle David Ka'alakea, Uncle uh, Harry Tunihi Mitchell, and... Um, and before we got on the boat, there was also Auntie Alice Kulaloyo too, as well. And these guys were the um, the um, the language kupuna of, of Maui, who really wanted to uh, teach people and young people who were interested in learning Hawaiian. And so they were out there doing things like laau lapaau, health things. They would have um, presentations and lectures that people would go to. So here I was getting on this boat, right, with these three stealth kupuna who could olelo, and all I could think of was, I want them to talk to me. <laughs> I want them to talk to me. I want them to talk to me. I don't know how they're going to talk to me, but I'm going to get over there. I'm going to talk to them. So I sat at the ed edge of the boat, waiting for a turn, waiting for a turn, waiting for it. And when they spoke to each other, they spoke in a very guttural way, which is very indicative of um, that that uh, East Maui style of um, of speaking Hawaiian that you don't hear anymore because nobody does it anymore. And anyway, they were doing that, and I heard them talking about oh, or something like that, right? And oh, right. So they're saying, well, this is this is the po uh, ole, you know, it's the ole kukahi or ole kulua, one of the ole phases. Not a good day for fishing, and all I heard was aole, aole maikai, you know, aole maikai no kalawai or something. And I jumped in on it. Oh, aole maikai, kapo, you know, kapo, whatever, po ole no kalawai on. And then they both turned at me. This was Uncle David and uh, Uncle Harry. They both turned at me with these, like, wow, we could talk to somebody, right? And all I heard was, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. They, I think I got maybe 10%, maybe 20 at the most out of that conversation. I didn't hear anything. And I mean, they were just so ecstatic. And so from McKenna all the way to Kaho'olawe, they just gave me all their attention. Wow. And it was great, except that I was doing a lot of I, 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 aole, aole. <laughs> I, oh, oh, my kai, ah, oh, oh, like that kind of thing. So I didn't really um, catch most of it. But what that did 
was every time I saw them, they thought I wanted to talk about the moon calendar of some sort. <laughs> and I didn't want to talk about that at all, but that's what they thought. And so I thought, well, okay. And so that's kind of how that happened. It fell in my lap. It wasn't really something where uh, one would say, well, lesson one, this is what you're going to do. And lesson two, this is what you're going to do. It wasn't like that. They would just start talking about anything. And I would just kind of follow along. And because I didn't want to make them feel like I was wasting their time, I went to seek out books like David Marlowe. And um, uh, Keppelino was another book I read. Native Planters was another book I read because I just wanted them to feel like they weren't wasting their time on me. Even though that's not at all what they may have been talking <laughs> to me about, I just wanted them to know that I was I was paying attention. So that, that went on for a long time. Uncle Harry died first. And then years later, after taking Uncle David back to Kaho'olawi many times, I was working there. These were the evenings and the times we had together to talk about the moon calendar all the time. And I mean, like, all the time. That's what he wanted to talk about all the time. And so I just ran with it. And then um, and then he was a, a kupuna at the immersion program, too, at Kulakai Puni in Pa'ia. And so whenever he saw me there, that's what he would talk about, too, as well. So that's kind of how it happened for me. Um, it wasn't like I sought it out. It just sort of fell on my lap and... Because I didn't want to waste their time, I continually looked for things in the newspapers. Now, this was back back in microfiche and microfilm <laughs> days. Yeah. So you didn't get things all the time easily. You couldn't just um, Google it. Google it. Yeah, you couldn't ulukau it. You, could, you had to actually scroll through a lot of things. And so that's what I did. And I had papers of all these things now. And now I, I just recently threw them all away because now you could just... You, know, you just Google it, right? It's not, it's so simple. But um, but that's the journey that I took. And um, there was this woman named Malia Huber, too, who uh, also used to go to Kaho'olawe all the time. And she made these calendars, lunar calendars back then, and she used to give them away. And one time I had a conversation with her. Like, God, how do you know how to calculate these things? She's like, ah, I don't know. I just kind of put them together, figure them out, put all 30 in. Then. And so that's how she used to do it. Um, and she, maybe she had an inside scoop and she didn't want to tell me how she did it, which I understand that too. But um, that kind of piqued my interest too. And it wasn't until um, there used to be this program called Kukulu Kumuhana. And I'm mm -hmm. talking to Hawaii Island people, so I know you're all going to go, oh, I remember that. <laughs> but um, they would bring kids over to Kaho'olawe. I was very involved with Kaho'olawe for many, many years. Um, and um, they came with some students, and somehow they brought the, there was a hand game, Kamali'i Ike Ole Ina Helupo, that they taught. They did it, and everybody was like, wow, that's so cool. And then they taught it to everyone. With, you know, Kekuhi style, if you're not familiar, she's very, do it, and then write it down. Don't write it down while we're doing it. You know, just do the whole thing. And so uh, I remember my sister and I sitting Afterwards, after we learned the hand game, afterwards sitting there with a um, a paper plate, with a with a <laughs> pen, trying to write down all the words and you know the movements so that we would remember it. But the reason why I mentioned that is because that's the, that's another milepost. Because if it wasn't for that hand game, I would not have been able to figure it out in my mind. That was the first time I was like, oh, I get it. 
even though I was talking to the kupuna for a long time about, I just, you know, it's just too overwhelming, which it usually is when you don't understand it, right? And it made it, it put it into a practice. And so then the next time I saw Uncle David and Auntie Alice, I was like, okay, how does it work? Like, what uh, what are you doing? And so they would say, and, um, oh, one of, um, you know, I, I told them uh, about the kamali'i ike ole ina helupo, and they were laughing, 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 laughing. I'm like, why are you guys laughing? Wow, that's what we used to say to people when you get, when you say something backwards or it's all hemajangs. Because, you know, the pomahina doesn't start with, um, because it goes kamali'i ike ole ina helupo, muku ne, muku kamala. It doesn't start with muku. Mm -hmm. It ends with muku. So that's the funny. <laughs> and so, and and I said, oh, that's uh, why would you say that? And, and they said, well, you know, usually by the time you're about six years old, uh, everybody knew the pomahi. They knew all the, the word, you know, just like how, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, that whole thing when you're a kid. It would have been the same um, for kids. And you had to learn it because there were no barges in those days. So you had to learn how to be efficient with the um, the way the tides move and the way the ocean goes. You had to be efficient. You didn't just go there and chance it. You actually knew what you were doing and you knew when the right times were in your district, which doesn't mean it's the same for the next district or the same for the next island over. So um, that's one thing they told me to do is pay attention, write everything down, pay attention. That's the, pay attention. That's what I heard. Uh, and pay attention, pay attention. So um, that's what I did. I started writing things. I have like um, those write and rain books. I have years of stuff that I would write all about Kakulo and Maui, where I used to live, and Pa'ia and Maui, where I used to live, you know, all those things. I just have um, just tons and tons of those books. And I started to see the trends. And I started to see the cycles and I started to see the dry season and the wet season and all these things that you start learning. When you do pay attention, you realize, wow, the environment is actually teaching us all the time, you know, and we're just not paying attention. We're just not looking. And so anyway, a long story short, because I could go on and on with that. Um, what ended up happening is I had the opportunity to go back to get my master's degree and so I, um, I, someone asked, what did you want to write about? And I was like, well, I got all this information. I should probably share it. So I wrote about the Hawaiian moon calendar. And this is where I discovered the word kaulana mahina. And um, up until that point, see, but I've come full circle now. And I want to just say that's not the term. But anyway, um, uh, at the beginning, I was like, oh, wow. Joseph Moku Ohai Poi Poi writes about um, the kaulana mahina, that's his term. Mm. And then uh, Kepelino uses the term kauka mahina, which is the same term, right? Kau and kaulana, they're the same. And I forgot who the other person was. I think it's Mary Kavena Pukui in the dictionary talks about it too as well. So between the three of them, using the term kauka malama, kauka mahina, and kaulana mahina, all three of those are telling you about understanding the cycle of the moon, and then knowing what to do upon each of those phases, which is kind of what they described, all three of them together. And, um, and uh, okay, that's what I'll write about. So anyway, if you've ever done a master's, Drew, which, or whomever, you know you do way more research than you actually do that gets some um, put into the paper. So I had all of this information, and I was like, you know, I wrote about 
the moon calendar and how efficient it is and how it is a form to prove that Hawaiians had science. That's what I wrote about. And then, so that paper was done, and then I had all this wonderful knowledge that I accumulated, didn't know what to do with it. So I started creating a newsletter, but for my friends. And it was just a small handful of friends, but then people started, oh, we're interested, we're interested. interested." Anyway, this newsletter ran for, I don't know, like six years or something. I don't even remember, Drew, Mm -hmm. something like that, right? I remember that. Yeah, I, I just did it for fun. It might have gone longer than that. I don't know. It was a long time. Yeah. And um, and then I created calendars. I learned how to calculate because of what I learned in the newspapers. They're all in there. Everything's in there. There's nothing secret. If people want to learn how to calculate the moon calendar, just go into the newspapers. They tell you there's battles between different families <laughs> about how to calculate, why you calculate things the way you calculate. Sorry, I keep hitting this thing. I'll, I'll stop. I'll try. I'll try not to. I cannot talk without using my hands. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they teach you how to calculate when, where, where from the position you're at, the importance of watching the environment, understanding where the birds are, what the what the fishes are doing, um, paying attention to cycles and sequences. So. It's not until um, later on working, uh, you know, working with the Edith Kanaka Ole Foundation, you get to find words that help you articulate things. And that's when I started using terms like parallel forms, growth processes, come to find out there's a science, you know, called phenology. That's what they do. They study that kind of thing. We're isochronistic. You know, you start learning all these like scientific terms that everybody thinks you're smart. But um, (laughs) that's basically what it is. Anyway, so I did those newsletters. I created calendars, not really to make money, but just to get it out there and, um, you know, share it with whomever, try try to uh, change the way people were thinking. And, um, yeah, so same uh, around the same time um, I was going to Kahoolawe, you know, as a born-again Hawaiian (laughs) (laughs) in the early 90s, I have to say. And um, so I just got into everything Hawaiian, you know, dive, dove into Hawaiian language, dove into the Kaulana Mahina, um, you know, exploits, I'm going to call them, dove into Lua, you know, that was a big thing, dove into um, into sailing, which is another milepost, right? So I dove into um, double hull sailing on Maui with a double hull canoe called Mo'olele. And, um, and specifically, there was this man named Al Nip. And he was uh, a sailor who understood stars and was trained. Um, anyway, and so uh, they would take the Mo'olele canoe, double hull canoe, which was the prototype before the Hokulea. It was the prototype. And they would just sail it all over the place. And so um, he uh, he invited me, you know, in between all this, doing the Olala Hawaii, interviewing Kufuna, all that kind of thing, going to Kaolave. He's like, I need somebody to teach people how to chant. Can you come? I said, okay, I'll come. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we'll take you, we'll throw you on the canoe, bring your family, bring your family. Okay. That's what we did. We always took our kids wherever we went. And so we um, jumped onto the canoe and then we did an overnight thing where we watched the stars. And and we learned the whole night and sequence of stars from, which is Front Street, Maui, which is where my family is actually from, right? We're Mokuhinia area. And so we learned all about the stars and something about that experience just 
flipped a switch in my head and it made sense to me. Now, where that came from, I cannot tell you where that came from. I don't know. I don't know why it's so easy for me. I don't know why the Kaulana Mahina is. I know where the moon is right now. I don't know why that is. I have no idea. And I think it's just because I've been watching things for a long time, long, 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 long time. And, you know, you just get to know sequences. You just get to know where things are and where they're supposed to be. So anyway, that that happened all along the same time. And so now back to the Edith Kanakaoli Foundation, working with them. They give me words, right? They give me the the understanding of how to articulate those things. And so, um, yeah, we got into all kinds of things, looking at chants, which um, I did before, but this time with them, it was more about that's your data. Pull pull the information out of those chants because those are original eyewitness accounts. And they are that um, that have been seen, and then um, and then repeatedly seen over and over again. That's what's important about that. And then it gets reiterated over and over again, which means you'll see the same things over and over again, and then you'll understand why things are the way that they are, especially when it comes to heiau or why things are built a certain way and that kind of thing. So they help me really get the. Um, get the, all of them together, the stars, the moon, and then the sun all together. We chased, um, we chased the sun. We were sun chasers, I'll say. We um, we did a, a project, a two-year project, where we went from island to island. I know you're all like, what, where's the timeline? No, no, it is the timeline. So we're following <laughs> along the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, early, early mid-2000s, so I'm going to say 2005-ish. And... Um, and we started to, uh, there was a two-year project where we went to all of the Heia, oh, not all, but we went to all of the islands except Lanai and Molokai. But we went to all the other islands and we looked at the Heia. We, we, we didn't go on Ni'ihau, but we went, uh, we sailed by Ni'ihau to see the sites. And we looked for the ones that were aligned to the sun and the moon and the stars. Kalamai, Kale, you're mentioning Heia. What exactly oh, are Oh, yeah, thank you. See, to me, I think that's the real word for calendar, is hail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a hail today is translated as, as temple. And, or, you know, but it's usually a large site that has a function where it's built so that it's aligned to um, different stars or the sun and the moon, and then they do rituals and ceremonies on it. Sometimes they do uh, heavy rituals and ceremonies on them. Sometimes it's just a place to keep track of time. So that that's what the um, basic term for heiau means. It hei means to ensnare and to capture, and then ao is current or energy, but ao is also time. So that sort of gives you the idea of uh, these tools. That's the the apps of the day are the heiau. <laughs> yeah, they were um, where people went to try to understand their surroundings and cre- recreate the universe on on a platform. Uh, utilizing the moon and the sun and the stars and the seasons in the same way that in a halau, a ku'ahu is a representation of the forest. Mm. So a heiau is a representation of the larger universe. So it's the same kind of thing. It's just, you know, in different scales and sizes. But anyway, see, these are the kinds of words I could create now 
and articulate because of spending time with the Edith Kanakaole Foundation under their Papakumakavalu project that was led by, um, that is led by uh, Antipua um, Lani Kanahele. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's what we do. We, we went all over the place to all of these sites during the solstices and equinoxes. Um, we made alignments to them. We realized the brilliance of our kupuna and how they use trigonometry and the hypotenuse and um, all those kinds of um, terms that you use in geometry and trigonometry to understand how to build things. You could see that that's what they were using too as well. Uh, yeah, with the right angle triangle and everything, you know, all of those things and, um, and how they relate to the movement the consistent movement of stars and the moon and the sun to capture all of that and then elevate the chief too at the same time. All of those things are happening at the same time. So so we did that all across the ways and then we ended up going to, I uh, was invited to go to Mokumanamana, which is in the Northwest Hawaiian Islands. It has something like 32 sites, which that's what it does is it tracks the movement of the sun and the stars and possibly the moon too. And um, so, yeah, you put all of those things together and all of those experiences together and it's pretty hard to deny, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. what our, uh, our kupuna were doing, what Hawaiian kupuna were doing when they built things like Heiau to, to watch the stars. I mean, they were not just there sitting and going, oh yeah, well, let's just move some rocks. No way. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were very calculating. Um, they understood their environment around them. And so um, I am very interested in reclaiming all of that information and that knowledge and then passing it on to the next generation in ways that, so that they don't have to suffer. <laughs> Not suffer, but go through the hard work of trying to find all the information. So yeah, anyway. So that's my long story of how I came to be. And um, yeah, uh, just, uh, yeah, all kinds of circumstances happened that made me create things for people and invite people over. And, you know, I, I, I'm a big believer in experiences and seeing things and feeling things. And, um, and, and we're still here on this planet, right? So it's important for us to be good, good, humans on the planet. So that, to me, the moon calendar is the best way to do that because it teaches us cycles. And then we can be efficient like, like our kupuna were. Along the lines of what you were saying, Kale, as far as teaching to the next generation, uh -huh. um, my muli, my youngest, goes to Navahi. Oh, cool. And I remember walking out of Walmart one night with him and he was maybe Papa Elua. He was second grade. Cool. And he... I'm holding his hand and I'm walking in the parking lot. You couldn't be, you know, you're in concrete cars and whatnot. And he looked up and he told me, mom, it's, this is the moon tonight. Oh, cool. And I actually, I cried. Of course. Yeah, that's, and that's I was great. so proud of him. Mm -hmm. and, and I just, you know, the work that you are doing and so many others. Are, <laughs> it was just so, it was so amazing for me to know that, you know, my keiki is reclaiming that kind of knowledge and mm -hmm. and to him it was a mea ma'amau yeah that's great so that was just amazing and um mm, yeah good so well, it, it's happening yeah yeah well <laughs> we're, right we're on seeing it happen thank you thank you for that yeah right on to to the kumu who are grabbing on and running with it i mean i think that's great and um and 
Yeah, because the babies will just accept it as fact, and which it is, right? But I mean, they'll just accept it, and it's it'll be exactly what Uncle Harry said. By the time they're the age six, they already know all the names of the Pomahina, and they already know all the names of the Malama, and 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 so I mean, yeah, here we are, right? And there they are. So I mean, I think that's that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it means that. Everything that we've done, um, and and it is a collective. It's not just one. It's a lot of people, um, you know, using using the kaulana mahina, using what heiau information, using all of that to um, to just it just make it a meama ma like you say meama ma where it's common knowledge, commonly known everywhere where everybody. You know, can it's not it's undeniable, right? It's undeniable, and so that's yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, if, if in terms of like sustainability, I I really believe that uh, more people who can kilo, which is um, that practice of observing, uh, it's not just observing, but it's actually analyzing. The word kilo means to look, observe, analyze, and then you sort of predict what the trends are going to be. I mean, this is what people are doing today, right, with um, with our technology. But our kupuna knew that a long time ago. You know, it was something they did naturally. And so um, they, they knew the trends, and that's what the chants are. The chants are the data that that they collected and told you, you know, yeah, be, be careful if you see this sign and this sign and this natural indicator and that natural all in the same place. Whoa, you know, be careful, something's happening. So, I mean, they knew how to do that. And um, so I I love it when science is finally catching up to our brilliance. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think if people lived in cycle more than how they do now today, where they're like, uh, they're all about quarterly things, monthly things, that kind of stuff. If If they just get rid of that and go back to the natural cycles, and um, follow along, and we eat in season, not bring things in like blueberries or whatever, grapes or whatever from South Pacific or South, uh, the Southern Hemisphere of the Earth so that we can still eat blueberries out of season. That's like, that's crazy. We should just eat what is there at the time and enjoy the season, enjoy the lychee season, enjoy the mango season when it's happening, you know, enjoy the akule season when it happens. So, um, I think our bodies have sort of evolved with those cycles. And so eating that way is a healthy way to be and probably better for all of us too as well. So it is it is um, definitely a way to stay on, uh, on task with, with the environment, capitalize on things that are already there, being efficient, which is really important. And then this idea of sustainability, con- assuring that it's going to happen again beyond just today. So we think about what's coming mm-hmm. and those who will need those same resources too. So, yeah. And so I know that Kaulana Mahina is, is so much about these seasons that you're speaking of. And in in terms of like our what we do in our lives, in addition to what we consume, are there ways that we could like live in a little bit better in accordance to the seasons of Hawaii? Yeah. Like actually the activities that we do or even our, our you know, the yeah. The way that our thoughts are directed, our actions. Yeah. Are there ways that we could be, yeah, be more seasonal ev- people? I think <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it takes, 
you got to come to our Kilo Malama next time. But uh, we have a, a conference going on, like a long-term uh, series that's happening this year called Kilo Malama. So look for us, my plug-in. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's one way. I, uh, the moon calendar or any, any moon calendar anywhere on the planet is is so site specific so place based this is what's important about us being better humans on the planet is learning to live in our place learning the cycles of our place learning how to actually live in that cycle and so what's working for us might not work for oahu and you know and and so on and so on so it's really important i think to first pay attention do the kilo pay attention as the kupuna said Pay attention all around us. Um, note those things, whether you're going to note it in a journal or write it down in your phone or, you know, put it somewhere. That's why I like Facebook because, you know, it, you know, four years ago, you know, <laughs> four years ago today, <laughs> this is what memories. you were doing. Yeah, yeah, your memories. But if you have something where you can do that, that would be great because then you start to understand when the fish arrive, when the flowers are blooming, when the bees are there. You know, uh, I have this affiliation now with uh, cardinals, even though they're non-natives. Mm -hmm. I realize they have a cycle too. They come after the uh, crab spiders. They, the crab spiders come, they make, you know, those little, you, you see the webs everywhere. And then following after them is going to be the cardinals who will come and eat them and put them in their nests. And, and it's like, I wouldn't have known that had I not stopped to pay attention to that actual mm -hmm. event. You know, I used to think, oh, I got to shoot all those crab spiders. But you don't. You don't have to. It's they all actually, have a function. They all have a function. And you mm -hmm. just got to figure out where you fit in that. Or even if you do, maybe you don't. So you just let those things happen. And and so to me, that's that's the uh, long-term thing is to pay attention to what's happening around. Mark those things. Note those things. And then as time goes along, when you get a whole year of that, you can do it again the next year and see actually if it's when there's changes if or there's not. changes. You can see if climate change has an effect now. Um, you just have to start on a base, so you just have to start and begin watching and paying attention, and then over the years you'll see you'll see change. You'll mm -hmm. notice when certain flowers start to bloom earlier or later, exactly. or certain fruits or. Yeah, um, maybe the like the birds with the colea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's something that this island has taught me because I moved here from Oahu. Oh, yeah. And I was, I'm, I guess I could say I'm a born again Hawaiian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to use that term, but yeah. um, definitely more in tune with the cycles here than I was on Oahu. Yeah. I did know the kai really well in Makaha, but uh -huh. um, over here I live uka. Right, yeah. And then. As every day you drive home and you can see, oh, there's ginger, and that's not a native, but it, it still it has gives a cycle. You, yeah, yeah, it still has a cycle. Right, right. So it can it, it can go no matter where you are in the world. Mm -hmm. You can see these cycles happening. Right, all around you, and we don't even pay attention. So that's why these are all good things, and um, yeah, it helps us to be better humans on the planet for sure. I think. But yeah, I thank you for. I don't know if I answered your question. No, yeah, you did. Okay. And are there so because you mentioned climate change? Yeah, have you? And you've been paying attention oh, to the environment yeah. for so long. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to maybe yeah. see how things might be changing or are off. Yeah, are it's crazy any, right now. Are there any things that you? Oh yeah, I can tell you that? a whole bunch right now. <laughs> yeah, because I've been doing it since ninety what nineteen ninety one, right? Collecting data, so it's it's kind of long. It's kind mm -hmm. of a long time. Some of you haven't well, probably weren't born actually. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. 
<clears throat> so uh, in the last six years, I would say the kolea have been arriving sooner. Mm. And um, yeah. that's something that I've noticed like right away. And they kind of leave around the same time, around, you know, early May, first week of May, something like that. But anyway, so they usually, um, right now I'm noticing they're all collecting in my yard. You know, they're usually solitary, but right now they got their little tuxedos on <laughs> and they're getting ready to go. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of timely. However, my trees... Right now, my mountain tr mountain apple tree, my ohi a'ai, is half of it, or well, a third of it has fruit. Like in a few weeks, it's ready to eat. Then on the other side is fruit that's just starting to bloom, you know, starting to grow. And then on the other side of that are flowers, which mm -hmm. is not normal, right? You would usually get the flowers and then the fruit, but um, this year, and it's in various stages yeah. of the flowers. They're all right on now. different clocks. Yeah, they're all on different clocks. So I was wondering, is this because the weather is weird and they're trying to figure it out? What's what's going on? I got to figure out what's efficient for me too. And it's not just them. I, I've noticed that on my lychee tree too as well. I've noticed it on my neighbor's avocado tree as well. You know, you have like all things going on at the same time on the same tree. So I've noticed that for sure. I've noticed um, the akule balls are not as large as they used to be, and they don't come and stay in as long as they used to, um, you know, at, like before. I don't know if that's because we are overfishing them or if it's just a cycle thing that's not happening. So I've noticed it. So I've got lists of those things mm -hmm. that, yeah, it's, it's uh, very apparent. And, um, uh, yeah, in the last six years, I've noticed that. And then in the last... I would say three, it's really crazy right now, like the trees that's happening. Mm -hmm. So something's happening. Could mm -hmm. part of that be somehow tied into with, the, especially with the last three years, the volcanic eruption? Could be, yeah. I mean, all those factors, you know, all those factor in. And um, yeah, and so this is why it's important to pay attention and to look at all of these different cycles because if we intend on being, um, you know, living in cycle and being more efficient and being sustainable, then we need to know what those cycles are for us. Well, for them first, you know, the the environment and then us. Because to me, if the environment is healthy, which is what our kupuna say, then then we're going to be healthy. Iola oi, iola makoe, iola oi, iola aue. So those are all, um, yeah, so if you thrive, I thrive, basically. Mm -hmm. If you're healthy, I'm healthy. And you know, one could one could argue, you know, and this is this is where the um, the Hawaiian philosophical thing comes in. But when Rod showed up, right, this disease that came and just devastated a lot of our trees, which they're still kind of here, right? They only attack the elders in the forest, not the young ones. And not long after that comes COVID that does the same thing. So. Is that a coincidence or is that the trees warning us about something that's a cycle, a cycle that's changing yeah. and is warning us that a cycle for us is going to change too? Perhaps. Who knows? I don't know. It could be a coincidence. These are just some of the things I, not, I note and go, okay, good to note. And we'll argue about that later, you know, <laughs> you know if that's true. But... Um, yeah, I mean, it's much warmer in Hawaii for sure. There's less water. This winter was awful. And then there's snow on the mountain. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Without a storm. I don't know about you guys. That that was... Well, it poured it. I live up in Ola'a and it was 
slamming last night at oh, my yeah. house. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last night it was. <clears throat> yeah, same. But at the same time at our house, which is more even more in the uplands than where Lane and Ruth live, it actually hasn't rained very much until recently. So I think we're, because I, like you, I keep a lot of yeah, track. I, I keep, I've monitored the amount of rainfall for 20 years in the area where we live. And I think this will be the driest March. It was that pretty we've ever dry. Wow, yeah, it was pretty I dry. agree. It was it's been, like the whole winter was bad. Actually. It was funky. <laughs> yeah, That's all funky. I can say is it was kind of funky. Well, like the clouds come. And you think, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> we, we read clouds, right? So you, you the clouds, all right, the rain's coming. And then it sort of spits and then it goes away. It's mm, not a very heavy rain. Yeah, it's very different. And it's a lot more humid. And, um, you know, humidity is rain going up, right? If you think about it, mm -hmm. it's raining up. So, uh, yeah, so there is moisture happening. It's just not in the ways in which we're used to seeing it and it's not at the time of year yeah at the time of the year and it's much warmer and there's probably going to be more fires and yeah so it's it's kind of a scary time i think right now i'm um, not scary so i'm gonna i'm gonna end because i know we're almost done but uh, i'm gonna end with uh, one of the things that i've noticed in a lot of uh, you know when you do these things looking for climate and you know famine things that they talk about in the newspapers because that's what i get hired to do sometimes and I noticed that our uh, the kupuna, the Hawaiian kupuna, would say that the climate is always changing and you just need to be prepared for it. Therefore, mitigate, well, they don't say mitigate, but this is how I, this is how I translate that, but change your behavior is, is basically the, the lesson. Change your behavior. So if, you, if it's not happening for you, don't keep doing it, you know. Mm -hmm. If you if the beach is like eroding away, don't let the tourists lie down on the beach, you know, or don't go get sand from another island to put sand so they can continue lying on the beach. That's crazy. So, um, you know, just change the behavior of the human. So anyway, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. how I'm gonna end that. That's <laughs> an important message. Yeah, that's an important message. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, there anyway. there are definite changes. So so what our kupunar say iola oi. Iola makoe. If you thrive, I thrive. Iola oi, iola oe. Yeah, so again, if you thrive. One is you thrive, I thrive. You thrive, we thrive. But the whole thing is <laughs> we all need each other. We need each mm -hmm. other. And so um, in that case, the climate is always changing. So therefore, prepare for the change. And therefore, know that you have to change your behavior so that you can continue to stay in an efficient Pono maemae manner, and those are all terms that they use, pono and maemae, to say that it's all good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Kale, if there is someone who is so like excited about what you've shared, and but they don't really know how to start right. with kaulana mahino or mm -hmm. the practice of kilo, what would you recommend? What steps would be for yeah, them to take? Yeah, there's two things they can do. And it, this is sort of a shameless plug, but the but I'm plugging because there's free tools. So the first you can do is go to aimalama, A-I-M-A-L-A-M-A dot org, which is our website. And the reason why I say that is that's, you know, we did two conferences and, and in over those nearly 10 years we've been doing it, we've got a lot of tools that people can um, go and listen to. There's some videos of people talking. There's some lectures they can listen to. But at the end of that, there's also a lot of um, things that they can download and use for themselves. And one of them is called a Kilo Frame. 
And that Kilo frame was created and develop, was, was developed by uh, Dr. Roxy Stewart. Um, Kelii Kane Kipi Kolohaka, I think is her name now. And, um, and I love her because she's so creative and created this easy, easy, useful tool that just has all of the lunar uh, phases. So it goes through the whole 30 cycles, tells you all the different weeks and those kinds of things. There's a hole in it that you put up into the sky and you look for the phase that you're looking at and try and match it up. So that helps you start to learn the actual names of the cycle of the moon and then you can follow through. When you flip that frame over, it also has names of clouds that you can look for that helps you predict what kind of weather that's coming. So that's a good way to start. Um, I think with uh, doing that every day, so that's one thing. And then you can come to our Kilo Malama um, lecture series co slash conference that we're having here um, this year. We're doing, we just had our launch in March. And um, and so we're following the cycle of the sun. So we gather in September. We're going to do uh, things in September. We're going to, oh, sorry, June, first in June, and then September, and then another time in December. And in each of those uh, times that we're getting together, we're going to be teaching people. We're going to be giving people more tools how to learn, how to how to um, start collecting your data. And then what's more important is we're teaching people what to do with that data because we didn't do that before. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do you do with all that stuff you've been observing all this time? So that's what we're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And um, so come and look for us on imalama.org and it'll have all the information on how you can get to our our conference this year. So that's 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 like the easy way. Actually, those are two <laughs> easy ways to to join. Yeah, or sorry, uh, or join our Kilo Malama on Facebook page. That's another one. We've got mm -hmm. all the tools there too. So if you're on Facebook, I don't know. I might be only talking to a certain demographic. It's <laughs> like only old people. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, me too. But um, if you happen to be on Facebook, come come and check us out. So Kilo Malama. And um, there's like three questions you have to ask, but that's so we don't get hackers on board. But, you you know, there's lectures that happen all the time. There's also recordings. There's also tools that's in there. And so that's that's two ways that you can get involved. Thank you for asking. Oh, mahalo. Mahalo, <laughs> Nui. Mahalo, Nui, for visiting us today. Kale, it was delightful. We Thank learned you. so much. I'm so happy to have you here with us. Thank you. Yeah. Mahalo, and Nui. Lei. Thank you. So good to be here. And Bruce, thank you. Mahalo nui to our meokipa, Kaleidu Uhiva. She's reminded us of the incredible significance of Kaulana Mahina as a cultural practice today, which includes the importance of living within cycles and just paying attention. Yes, what a fantastic visit we had. Spending time with Kale is always a pleasure. You can't help but learn something new. And to learn even more, you can check out our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash And you can check out our Facebook and Instagram for more. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Until next time, Ahui ho. Aloha. Aloha.